Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. It is great to be back home in the Lone Star State after spending last week in Nashville at the Cattle Industry Convention. Boy, it was a great meeting, and we got some great news for you out of that convention, including a market outlook that you're going to love. One of the highlights of the meeting each year is to get the Cattle Facts Market Outlook, and they're expecting to see higher prices for the next few years to come. We'll have more on that to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos, and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Cattle theft has always been and likely always will be a problem for ranchers, but by doing routine inventories of their herds, ranchers could help investigators recover their stolen livestock. I'm James Hunt and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. The Farm Animal Liability Act goes into effect September 1st when it will extend liability protection to farmers and ranchers on their own property. I'll have details in my story on Texas Ag Today. This is Jim Hearn in the Rio Grande Valley. Combines are hitting the field to finish the milo and the corn harvest. We'll have those stories and more in today's report. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. One of the highlights of the cattle industry convention each year is the market outlook from Cattle Facts. This year's meeting didn't disappoint, with market analyst Kevin Good saying there is a lot to look forward to in the coming years when it comes to cattle prices. Cattle numbers are going down, and that means cattle prices are going up. We had five years of expansion between 2014 and 2018. We're now in the third year of liquidation. Unfortunately, because of the drought in the western half of the U.S. and also the northern plains, we more than likely will liquidate again next year in 2022. So, you know, with the tighter supplies in the system, you know, you would expect as you go forward to have smaller harvest levels in 22, 23, 24. You layer on that what would be, in our opinion, the best beef demand we've had in 30-plus years, record high retail and wholesale values, strong exports, that combination should allow for the Fed market and therefore the yearling and calf market to be sharply higher as we move forward. That's Kevin Good of Cattle Facts at last week's Cattle Industry Convention in Nashville. Sugarcane aphids can now be found in sorghum fields all across Texas, and national sorghum producers want your help in tracking them. Jessica Domel tells how. National Sorghum Producers is asking Texas farmers who find sugarcane aphids in their fields to report it as soon as possible. The organization is tracking the pests across the nation. You can report sugarcane aphids online at sorghumgrowers.com backslash sugarcane aphid. 
That page includes resources to battle sugarcane aphids, a map of where they've been reported so far, and a link that says help us track the aphids. As of this week, they've been reported in West Texas, the Texas Panhandle, in two counties in Central Texas, a single county in North Texas, in the lower Rio Grande Valley, and along the coastal bend. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Now, although sugarcane aphids can cause a lot of headaches, Texas organ producers have a lot more tools to fight them now than they did a few years ago when they first showed up. Adam Hickson is based in Lubbock. He's with BASF. He says there are more aphid-resistant varieties now on the market, and they have a new insecticide labeled for sugarcane aphids called Safina. The nice thing about Safina is it's a new mode of action. If you're familiar with some of the other products out there, they're a group four insecticide. This is a group nine insecticide, so it works a little bit different on the aphid and so rotating those chemistries and incorporating Safina into the mix is a really good idea. And that's important to prevent resistance and ensure that we have these tools for years to come. Cattle theft has always been and will continue to be a problem for Texas ranchers. But James Hunt tells us doing routine inventories of your herd can help recover stolen cattle. Whenever cattle theft makes the news, what's involved typically is the disappearance of dozens or even hundreds of animals. But Scott Williamson of Texas and Southwestern Cattle Raisers Association says, in reality, most cases involve smaller numbers. The most common is that one, two, three, four, five head, whether they cut a lock and come in and get those or whether they take them out for a fence on the backside. And what is also common is if they take one or two and 30 days, nobody has missed those, and they take one or two, and then at the end of the year's time, suddenly 20 or 30 are taken and never realized. Williamson, who is the executive director of law enforcement, brand, and inspection services for TSCRA, says to give investigators a better opportunity of recovering stolen cattle, it's important to brand your animals and maintain routine inventory checks. Just knowing that you started the year with 25 cows and 25 calves, if you do not count those on a regular basis, it leaves you open to a crime that we're going to have little assistance in solving. So my recommendation is whether you're out there every two or three days, every week, no worse than once a month that you need to make an absolute inventory on all of your animals and your property and note that in a calendar book so that when it is missing and we ask you the most critical question, when is the last time you're absolutely positive this was here, then you have some kind of a record that you can uh, identify that date. Williamson says having a good idea of precisely when an animal was taken helps investigators narrow their focus when it comes to where to look for stolen cattle and who to consider as suspects. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. A new law will help expand liability protection for Texas farmers and ranchers. Tom Nicoletti tells how. The Texas Farm Animal Liability Act goes into effect September 1st. The act extends liability protection to ranchers and farmers on their own property. Reagan Beck is Director of Government Affairs for the Texas Farm Bureau, the largest farm and ranch organization in the state. The Farm Animal Liability Act is protection for uh, folks that have livestock or have animals that are unpredictable by nature. 
so that they've got liability protection. If somebody gets hurt around these animals, that protection extends to those people that own them, the farmer and rancher, so that they have protection from liability from people that are injured by animals. House Bill 365 by State Representative Andrew Murrow of Junction passed the Texas legislature earlier this year and was signed into law by Governor Greg Abbott. There are requirements to meet for farm animal professionals, farm and ranch owners, and lessees. Under these changes to protect themselves, they need to actually post a sign that shows that they're not liable for these uh, injuries. And the sign needs to be in a prominent place that's uh, clearly seen. And it's wherever the activities may be taking place. If you have some stables or corral or wherever you're actually working with these animals, the sign needs to be there, it needs to be visible. Also, if there is any written contracts with folks uh, about the animals, this disclaimer needs to be included in that contract as well to make it effective. The signs can be purchased online through the TFB store at texasfarmbureau.org. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Corn and sorghum harvest are winding down in extreme South Texas. Jim Hearn has this report from the Rio Grande Valley. The weather has turned back to a hot and humid weather pattern. It's uh, more of a typical August pattern. This has allowed fields to dry out and combines are finishing the sorghum and the corn harvest. Well, still no definitive numbers on the losses due to the flooding, but sorghum Dry land, the yields were averaging 3,200 pounds an acre, have dropped considerably. Irrigated uh, crops, they were producing about 6,500 pounds per acre. Well, after the floods, about 2,500 pound dry land and about 4,500 pound irrigated sorghum is all we can manage. Corn stalks held up for the harvesters, so losses there hopefully will be minimal. Pastures continue to be lush and green, something we do not normally see in mid-August. Grass is still belly deep in cattle, and well, a lot of hay is still being cut. Sock tanks, well, they're excellent, too. Even the wildlife has benefited from the heavy rain. Hunters tell me that this year's fawn crop will be excellent. Deer are getting plenty to eat from native forbs, and even the turkey and quail are also going to have a good year. White wing season, well, for you hunters, it's just right around the corner, and bird numbers this year will be outstanding. Well, the tropical season so far has seen very little activity. The Gulf of Mexico, though, still plenty warm for intensification of any system that we have, and we have at least 30 to 45 days left for the active part of the season. This is Jim Hearn reporting from the Rio Grande Valley for Texas Ag Today. The U.S. Department of Agriculture is reaching out to Texas ranchers about feral swine damage. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have details coming up on Texas Ag Today. And Venezuelan equine encephalitis, or VEE, hasn't occurred in Texas for decades, but you still need to protect your horse. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
When we moved to Texas, we were like fish out of water. We didn't know anyone in our neighborhood until our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent came to the house. She was so helpful and reassuring, a friendly face with that Texan hospitality I'd heard about. When we purchased a Texas Farm Bureau insurance policy, we knew we were making the right choice. We knew our family would be protected. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an insurance agent who's a true neighbor. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. We haven't seen Venezuelan equine encephalitis, or VEE, here in Texas for decades. But Dr. Bob Judd tells us the Texas Animal Health Commission still wants horse owners to protect their horses from this disease. It is routine to vaccinate horses for eastern and western encephalitis, but lots of folks don't vaccinate for the Venezuelan strain since the disease has not been found in Texas for many years. And if you're planning on moving horses internationally, then vaccinating for the Venezuelan strain could cause a problem. Even though the last outbreak of the VEE in Texas was in the early 70s, the disease is routinely found in Mexico. And with all the rain we have had in parts of Texas, the Texas Animal Health Commission is concerned mosquitoes could transmit the disease to Texas horses. The VEE vaccine is available along with the eastern and western strains, but you have to tell your veterinarian that you want the Venezuelan strain also. If you perform your own vaccinations, make sure and look closely at the label before you buy the vaccine, because many of the vaccines do not contain the Venezuelan strain. All of the strains can cause high fever, lack of appetite, head pressing, circling, seizures, difficulty swallowing, and possible death. The eastern and Venezuelan strains are the most deadly for horses, and all three strains can also infect humans, although the transmission is from a mosquito and not directly from an animal. I routinely recommend that all of our clients vaccinate their horses every year for VEE since we are so close to Mexico, as the vaccine is inexpensive and very effective at preventing this disease. Due to the presence of positive cases in Mexico, the United States Department of Agriculture has placed restrictions on horses entering the United States from Mexico. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. USDA is reaching out to Texas ranchers about feral swine damage. Jessica Domel tells how in today's Wildlife Report. The U.S. Department of Agriculture is looking for additional information from Texas livestock owners on the impact that wild pigs, commonly called feral hogs, have had on their operation. 18,000 cattle raisers in 13 states, including Texas, were mailed surveys on July 19th. Travis Averill, chief of USDA's National Agricultural Statistics Livestock Branch, says that in the current feral swine damage survey, as in all USDA surveys, producer responses will be confidential and not linked to any one person. The information provided by producers will be used for statistical purposes only in accordance with federal law. Survey responses will be kept confidential and will not be disclosed in identifiable form. We're protecting their integrity and the data is protected. Sophie McKee with USDA's Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service says they're asking ranchers to estimate their damages for a reason. If we have a full picture of all the costs that are inflicted by feral swine, then it's easier for us to ask for money to Congress to control these pigs. Ranchers may respond to the survey online. Those who do not respond will likely get a phone call from USDA to follow up. 
USDA's data collection ends on Tuesday. There are millions of wild pigs across Texas. As of 2021, wild pig damage is conservatively estimated in Texas to exceed $230 million annually. That is according to Texas A&M's Natural Resources Institute. Wild pigs are known to damage crops and pastures. They also directly compete for the same resources as native wildlife species like white-tailed deer. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The live cattle market moved higher to kick off the week on Monday, but feeder cattle moved lower. We'll have a complete look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. And we're back looking at another lopsided matchup, Jim. Today we have a combine taking on a train. Yeah, that heavy train is about a thousand times heavier than the combine. No competition there. Right, especially given that it'll take at least a mile to stop that train. That's 18 football fields. It's no contest. Every day people are injured or killed trying to beat a train at rail crossings. See tracks, think train. This message brought to you by Operation Lifesaver. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We had a mixed close in the cattle complex to kick things off on Monday with fed cattle moving higher while the feeder cattle market closed lower. August live cattle up 77 cents at 123.52, the October up a dollar 129.12, December live cattle up 65 cents 134.47. In the feeder trade, August feeder cattle down 85 cents 157.20. September feeders down a dollar seven one sixty two even. October feeder cattle down eighty two cents one sixty four ninety five. Cash fed cattle trade quiet on a Monday. We wrapped up last week selling cattle in a range of one twenty one to one twenty six. Most of those cattle selling one twenty one to one twenty two. Of course, that's down here in the south. When you move up north, you see those higher prices of one twenty five to one twenty six. Boxed beef prices higher on Monday with choice up 259 at 32742. Select up 313 at 30115. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Neighbor, 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 what's that I hear? Sounds like my old auctioneer Troy. While Troy sells this calf, let's talk about the calves that sold on Thursday in San Saba at Ken Jordan's outfit, Jordan Cattle Auction San Saba. Ken, how'd it go? You bet, Larry. It's real good. We had a uh, hair over a thousand head of cattle today. I thought overall demand continued to be very strong. The buyer activity was extremely good again. I thought the stalker steers uh, probably sold two dollars higher. The stalker heifers were probably steady. I did have a real good draft for four steers, weighed three seventy-six at two dollars and twenty cents a pound. And counted all these out, pretty good figures. $827 on 20 and 20 cents on those 376 pounders. I thought overall the feeder steers and heifers were fully steady, except maybe for the 800 pound plus, they were three to four higher. I did have a group of really good yearlings, seven of them. Their draft weighed right at 796 plus 800 pounds at about $1.49 a pound, right at a little over 1100 $86 on those. Packer cows were probably, last week we jumped up. This week we kind of went back where we were the week before, three to four lower. 
bulls are probably three lower, still very active, very, very good dollars, dollar elements of cows. Bears and red cows also are steady late. Overall, very good market, good set of cattle today. Hopefully the market will continue into Monday's Mason sale. I think it will. It looks like it. The board is pretty good today. Also, it looks like they sold some fat cattle on up into the mid-20s, uh, so that is very positive. Hopefully we'll keep those fat cattle moving up, and that'll definitely follow through on these future cattle too, Larry. We'll talk to you Sunday night and see how Mason's shaping up for Monday. In the meantime, tell folks how to contact you. You bet, Larry. Give us a call. Larry, go 325-372-5159. Also, we do have first ad or round of ads uh, that we're having for our August the 28th female sale, Larry. They're up on our website. Well, we've got several more we got to add to it uh, next week, but if you don't take a peek at it, you can. And that's at jordanatcattle.com, Larry. We appreciate you. Thank you. You bet. Thank you, sir. I'm Larry Marble. I'm the host of Walking the Pins, a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Good day to you. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now, where lean hogs close strongly higher on Monday. October hogs up two forty-seven to close at eighty-nine dollars even. The December up a dollar sixty-seven, eighty-one eighty-five. Class three milk was mixed. August milk down four cents, sixteen fifteen a hundredweight. September milk up one at seventeen sixty-three. The cotton market closed slightly lower, hanging on to those big gains that we saw last week following the USDA supply and demand report. We're still knocking on the door of 95 cents with October cotton down 36 points, 94.85. December cotton down one at 94.31. The corn market closed lower on Monday. Rain in the forecast for the corn belt putting some pressure on prices. September corn down three and a half, five sixty-four and three quarters. December corn down four and a quarter, five sixty-eight and three quarters. We had a mixed close in the wheat market with September Kansas City wheat down five and three quarters, seven thirty-six and a half. September Chicago wheat down one and three quarters, seven sixty and a half. Rough rice closed higher, September up two cents, thirteen fifty-five a hundredweight. November soybeans up three and a quarter at thirteen sixty-eight and a quarter. September soybean meal up a dollar eighty, three fifty-nine forty a ton. In the energy market, September natural gas was up eight cents, three ninety-four. September crude oil down ninety-five at sixty-seven forty-nine a barrel. The financial markets were mixed on Monday. The Dow up 102 points, 35,618. The Nasdaq down 34, 14,788. The S&P up 10 at 4,478. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. Don't forget, we'll be right back here tomorrow to bring you all of the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Kerry Martin, and I hope to see you next time right here on Texas Ag Today. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.